0: in here. Happy Monday. Of course, as you guys know, my Monday episodes can they come out a little bit later just because I'm not coming in here on the weekend if I don't have to. I'm just saying. Anywho, you guys, today's episode is going to be really, really dope. We have an interview with KJ Wright, at least part one of the interview. Part two will be dropped tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. We also got to talk about Megan Thee Stallion. Tink, and the fact that not only is today's Nipsey Hussle's birthday, but he is literally being honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame today. So we're talking about all of that and more today right here on Rewind With Base. All right, let me get my handy-dandy notebook because you guys know I don't do a good show with my, my notes, okay? So first and foremost, let's talk about Timbaland. I actually think this is very, very interesting because if you guys know... who happens to be one of my favorite R&B singers, she came out underneath Timbaland and the song that she originally dropped was called Millions and it was literally a remix to Aaliyah's song, Millions. And when he had... Tink originally come out, he always said she's like the next Aaliyah. She's going to be the next big thing. And I always kind of wondered if that kind of like, you know, tainted her career because let's be honest, Aaliyah is such a big deal. And when you start comparing people to Aaliyah, especially when they're just now getting started, you're not even giving them a chance to actually be themselves. You're not even giving them a chance to even create their own path or really just let people see her for what she was talent-wise. So check out this interview that she did with The Breakfast Club and she actually talks about if she does feel that Timbaland put her in a bad position.
1: Do You think people always say they, they Tim Tim might have oversold you like comparing you to the Aaliyahs and the Lauren Hills. Do you think that had a negative impact?
2: I do. It, it was a lot um, and the comparisons really like I caught a lot of backlash you know I dropped the the record Million yep. and it was a really dope song but I felt like with him kind of like comparing me to her and Mm-hmm. You know, telling people I'm the next Aaliyah, you can't play with legends like that. And right. I had a lot of work to do at the time, so it wasn't really necessary. Um, and I remember we dropped the record with Jay-Z and Rick Ross. I remember
0: that, yeah. yeah. Remember that. You moving actually, y'all premiered it,
2: yeah. We got
3: him in trouble for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, yeah. y'all got him in big trouble.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, too.
2: But yeah, it was just a lot of things on the business end that weren't tight. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just affected everything. It was like a snowball effect. What does that do to you creatively
4: in a space where you want to do your music and you've been working on music for so
2: long, but then the business is a mess? It just holds up everything, the process. It, everything gets pushed back. Like I had albums ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I had music in the can, but the label couldn't promote my music because, you know, we had an album to release. So it was just like everything got put on hold. So as an artist, that's that's the worst thing. Like I can't drop and I got heat. You know, I want to be in the market too and... You got somebody making a schedule for you. So yeah, it just makes you kind of like, kind of frustrated.
0: I'm actually really, really happy that she said that because honestly, like I said, I agree. I really felt like if Timbaland did not put her in the situation of making people automatically assume that she was going to be this next big Aaliyah, it just put an unnecessary amount of pressure on her to where she couldn't even come out and really be herself. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed her music, but I wouldn't be surprised if the whole Aaliyah comparison kind of turned people off. Plus, her first big single was an Aaliyah remake. So definitely advice to people that are managing artists, stop comparing your new artists to legendary artists. Just let them be them and their music will speak for themselves. If somebody wants to be like, hey girl, you're giving me a Leah energy, let somebody else do that. But for you to push that down people's throats, you definitely did not do that girl a service. Now, in other music dudes, today is Nipsey Hustle's birthday and not only did Lauren London honor him today and pay him a tribute, but she paid him a tribute as he got his Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Check out this video. First,
4: start by saying happy birthday, Hustle. And to the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, thank you for acknowledging a visionary. Um, I think I speak for the entire city of LA when I say that we've always known Hustle was destined for greatness. This moment only amplifies that for us. <sighs> Nip would have been honored by this moment. I think he would want everyone to remember that you can't get to what's possible unless you commit to moving forward. That doesn't mean forgetting where you come from, but it requires acknowledging the reality you were born into and the power you have to change that reality for the better. So whenever you're in the City of Angels and you see this star, I hope it encourages you to break away from whatever might be holding you back and for you to run your marathon until God says that it's finished.
0: Sometimes I really do wonder if they would have still given him everything that they're giving him now had he still been here. You know, it it really sucks. But when people say, give me my flowers while I'm here, they really do mean that. Because if you're not going to give someone their flowers while they're there, it just kind of looks a little weird when you start doing all this stuff later on. Don't get me wrong. Nipsey Hussle definitely deserved everything that he's getting and more. But damn, why did it take until now for him to get it all? Either way, happy birthday, Nipsey Hussle. And everyone just needs to make sure you are giving people their flowers while they are here and not after they've left this earth. And lastly, Megan Thee Stallion actually talked about how she ended up paying Future $250,000 for his verse on her album Traumazine. Check this out. But Pressureless
3: is the one I want to talk about. Okay. All right, so you and Future, how does this song come about? Okay, so it's a really crazy story. So I had the beat for Licious," right? And I recorded the song and I recorded it one way. And I'm like, you know what? This will really sound hard if Future was on it. So, I feel like being a woman in the industry, reaching out to a man trying to get a feature is always gonna be a task. <laughs> like, you know, like you never know what to expect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know how it's about to go. Um. So how I went about it was okay. Somebody figure out what's feature uh, future feature price. Like, let's, let's just ask him what's his feature price. Okay. Uh, and they was like, okay, two fifty. He won 250k. I was like, okay, bet. Uh, somebody go pull 250 thousand dollars <laughs> out the <laughs> bank. out the account real quick. Yeah, somebody go pull 250 thousand dollars out the bank and go drop it off to Future and tell him I need the verse before he leave. Cause we, I, I feel like we was both in Miami, and uh, I told my manager I was like, Fierce. Manager I was like, Fierce. And I feel like it was a Sunday. <laughs> but I wanted that feature. I was like, fair, you got to go get that money out of the bank. He was like, man, how y'all, how you want us to put $250,000 out of the bank? I told somebody from my label, I was like, we need to get future $250,000 for you leave Miami because I got to get this verse. <laughs> um, but, anyways, blah, blah, blah. We got the $250,000. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I had my manager go drop it off to him in a backpack and uh, he gave me my verse back. First of all, he rapped over the whole beat. Hey, man, if you have the money, do what you got to do, girl, to get that verse. Now, hopefully,
0: Hopefully the verse does what it needs to do because no disrespect. I feel like I've listened to the song and it wasn't very memorable. So I'm going to have to check it out again and really see what the vibe is. And if it was really actually worth 250 K, then I'm not saying that future is not worth $250,000. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is the song a fucking bop or shall I say what I'm saying is, is the song good enough to be a next single? I think that when you're spending 250,000, 250- on a verse. But... (sighs) I need to look up these numbers myself. If I can find it, I'll put in a screenshot. I was listening to The Breakfast Club this morning and they said that Rod Wave is slated to do about 250,000 album sales on the first week. And Meg is only slated to do like 50 or 60,000 or something like that. And being that Megan Thee Stallion has this huge machine behind her, I'm just like, wait, what? what, Why are the numbers not numbering, okay? Something is not right here. And I'm very, very confused as to why she's not doing the number that she should be doing with where she is at in her freaking career. Furthermore, I know some people are saying that, well, you know, her album basically ended up just dropping out of nowhere. People's albums drop out of nowhere all the time. If the music isn't giving what it needs to actually give, then it's not going to necessarily trend the way that it's supposed to. Furthermore, I really feel like she had at least three or four days to promote it and her hotties have actually been waiting for her to drop music for a minute. So I don't know what her team needs to do. I don't know if they need to get her more interviews. I don't know. If they need to, you know, buy her some billboards, you know, get her some performances, you know, create some sort of a TikTok challenge. I don't know. But I would feel in my personal opinion, Megan The should be doing way more sales than that. Or shall I date, or shall I say Megan The Stallion should be doing bigger numbers than that for her album, especially being that we all waited so damn long for it. Like, I don't care if it just randomly dropped tomorrow. You're either going to grab the album or you're not. And if you like it, you're going to tell other people to check it out, period. Now, with that being said, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to get ready to jump into this interview that I did with KJ Wright. Hey, guys, Lisa Gordon here. And before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip from bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings and more before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. Welcome back to the Rewind with Besa. Of course, I am your host, Besa Gordon, and it is time to jump into part one of my interview that I did with KJ Wright. So in this particular part, we're going to talk about uh, his one day contract. As some of you guys may not know, he actually signed a one day contract. That way he could actually literally retire right here in Seattle with the Seahawks. We're also talking mental health, getting back into the groove of being in his own house after pretty much barely being at home, being that he was always at work. And we're also talking about who he is on the field versus off the field. We got that and so much more coming up right here on my interview with KJ Wright. Hey guys, Big Jordan here. So this is actually probably my first. In the studio, interview for Rewind with Basta. Um, and I'm happy that we have a freaking legend in here with us. How you doing, KJ? What's going on? What's going
1: on? Doing good. I'm a good. legend. I, I like I like the sound of that.
0: You are a legend, and you <laughs> and you retired in the city, yes. so you're like city legendary gold. It's like I was telling you earlier. It's like you literally could have came here in a wife beater and it would have right, been, been fine. Right. No, it would have been <laughs> KJ Wright's yeah. in the building, and he's in the new building, and I you know. were saying you've been here before. How do you how do you like there's our some good arena? vibes over
1: here you got I, I didn't notice you had the views and yeah. you got the you know the trains in the background yeah the lighting is good yeah What's i was up? actually
0: happy when they said because you know like they basically they're taking away about 75% of this building. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, so if you're taking away part of the building, where are you putting it? We because get, yeah. <laughs> we still need this view. Yeah. And it's like, you're in these dark studios, no freaking windows. It was dingy, so everyone would come over yeah. here to get like a breather. Yeah,
1: So. It makes you excited to come to work. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Even like the entryway just makes you feel like, ah, <laughs> I work yeah. here.
1: Yeah, good <laughs> this, vibes, good vibes in here.
0: This is nice, good okay. Vibes. So, well, first and foremost, let's start with the fact that you actually, and for those that don't know, you signed a one-day contract mm-hmm. with the Seahawks just so you could purposely retire here. Yeah. What was the thought process behind that? And what did they say?
1: Well, I got to give you the back backstory. Yeah. So just finished with the Raiders last year okay. and um, had a good time there. But um, that was my first time ever leaving Seattle. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved it, but at the same time, I was in a lonely space out there in Vegas. I was there by myself. No wife, no kids. So after playing ball, but coming home to empty house, yeah. I said, to hell with that. <laughs> I'm, I said, I'm, I'm not doing that again.
0: And it's hot. <laughs> and it's
1: hot. And it gets cold out there too in December. And um, so I came to the Seahawks, I said, hey, I want to still keep playing. I love ball. Had a fantastic time here. And I see you guys making some changes. You know, Russell left, Bobby left. I want to come here and help you guys rebuild this thing, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody, y'all, you know, I'll let me, you know, me help you guys rebuild this and keep this ship afloat. And um, make a long story short, I said no. Mm-hmm. I said, KJ, you know, we love you. We thank you. But we're just going in a new direction as a team. And I knew this was going to say no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew what I was in. You never
0: know until you ask. You at least got to
1: ask. Like, I think there's a small chance of them putting me on one-year contract. But he said no. I said, okay, so if you guys say no, then I'm not going to go anywhere else. If it's not in Seattle, I'm about to just call it quits. Yeah. And so I asked, I said, hey, would you guys be open to a one-day contract? And they was all the way open to it. Uh, you a legend. Played for 10 years, versus the Super Bowl. You know, that's easy for us to do. And yeah. so they made it happen to me.
0: I freaking love that idea because... It- it's something about getting taken and plucked out of where you've been at for so long. How did that feel? Like, I've yeah. always wondered what it feels like when you're like, okay, I've been putting my blood, sweat and tears into the scene. Yeah. Yeah, y'all just send me to Vegas. Like, what did that feel like?
1: I mean, my whole uh, entire adulthood, I was in Seattle mm-hmm. wearing the blue and green. I had the same community work, had the same locker, had the same number. Uh, Playing the same stadium—it's just literally my whole life was in Seattle, Washington, and in the blink of an eye, that's a wrap.
0: You're just gone.
1: That's a wrap.
0: And you're by yourself.
1: And I'm by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm by myself. I had my wife to, you know, comfort comfort that night, yeah. and um, that was a beast. And um, I just, I just thank God that I just had, you know, good family support system. They pulled out as much as they could, but um, to do something your whole life and to um, just up and move—that's hard. Yeah. So one of my favorite books is, I tell my wife this all, all the time, is Who Moved My Cheese? Well, I don't know if you guys read that book, but um, in life, you know, we, we go through the same steps. And it, we got our cheese. going we'll to be right here the whole time. Mm-hmm. When this rat is going, looking for his cheese and gets moved, what the hell do you do? Yeah. You got to find a way to adjust. You got to find a way to keep going. You got to find a way to keep pushing. and you know, find new coping skills, new friends.
0: Yeah. And so
1: um, I had to, to learn a lot in my 11th season.
0: Did you um, end up having to seek any like mental health care while you were down there? Because I know if I were to just literally be plopped out of Seattle and just like, hey, basically, yeah. I know you've been here for all this time, but we're going to send you over to Alaska or something yeah. random. Like, I know you would probably have a yeah. therapist to, to kind of get me through the nights. Like you said, it was so just out of nowhere. You were by yourself. So, yeah. How did you really, like, keep your mental health together at that time?
1: Because let me tell you, it, it happened so fast. I didn't even have time to mm. even, I didn't even have time to do it. I didn't even have time to do it because um, I got there week one of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And so week one, you're rolling. There's no time to even process and, and, and cope. And so I just, of course, you know I didn't. But I do know that now that I am retired, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing this my whole life. And so what a lot of my boys tell me is, like, your identity is so wrapped up in football you know, you don't know who you really are outside of Mm -hmm. the game. And so I do know that I'm going to see somebody for myself and they say you see somebody for your marriage too because now I'm in the house, babe. Yeah, I'm I'm home now, daddy's home. (laughs) It's like (laughs) COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Did you hear about how like during COVID with everyone being at home so much,
1: Divorce rates, Divorce rate, yeah.
0: uh, freaking domestic violence yeah. like it just got real crazy for some of those couples because mm-hmm. they weren't used to being around each other so all I the know, time. I
1: know, and I'd be gone from like 5 30 in the morning to yeah, about six. Yeah, and so we get our doses of each other from um, you know, six to kids to bed and we have our time, but now I'm, I'm home, I'm helping breakfast, and um, I get in the way a lot, and so I'm trying, it's crazy, I'm trying to find my own way in yeah. my own house. It's, it's so bizarre because she's used to doing stuff by herself. Mm-hmm. Now I'm inserting myself. and I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, what? It's like, it.
0: I've been doing this the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I
1: have to step back like KJ. She's been doing it this way. You have to find a way to be a part of this routine that they mm-hmm. got going on. I can't come here barking orders. I'm the man of the house. Let's do it this way. Nah, you gotta you got to essentially follow suit.
0: I love that. I feel like a lot of, I hate to say, like a lot of men, they're not really able to take that moment to think about that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, she literally has a plan for the kids <laughs> yeah. and how things are clean and like what goes where. And then it's like, you know, you're the man of the house. It's yeah. like you come home and you're like, I i could sit here and insert myself, but yeah. not really fair to her at yeah. that point. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't really take that moment to actually think about that. Yeah.
1: And it's just, it's just got to just, gotta just remove, remove your ego. like right? It's not about you, even though you are making a big transition. You have to transition into this house because we have our things going, we, we have our stuff, and so if you come in here just changing everything, that's where conflict starts, and I don't want any problems. Yeah, it's crazy divorce rates for um, NFL guys once they get done. is freaking bizarre. It's freaking crazy, and so um, I don't want those. I don't want those problems. And so I'm gonna come in. We will do this thing as a team. We will work together and just um, you know, transition all together.
0: I love that. And you know, it's, it's interesting that you asked or not that you asked, you mentioned a lot of times football players don't really know who they are outside of the field. Yeah. Cause my question to you, cause I thought about that. I'm like, okay, when I'm on stage, I'm a different person than I am when I'm at home. If I'm like hosting something, yeah. it's like a persona, if you will. Do you feel like there's a persona <laughs> of you when you hit the field versus when you're off the field?
1: He- Yes, I'm, you got. Just, you got to. You got to be. You got to be two different dudes. You got to be that alpha, tough, badass on the football field. Uh, this is this is my stuff. Mm-hmm. This is my territory. And you come in here, and I got to insert my will to be the best person on this yeah. football field. And so when you when I step off, you're a completely different dude. Yeah, easy going, great team, great teammate. Um, chill. And so you, you essentially got to be two different dudes when you step into the element because it's uh. It's the real deal. You're playing just the best people in the world. And If you don't come correct, you'll be embarrassed.
2: I hope you
0: guys are enjoying my interview with KJ Wright, Seahawk legend. I know I surely enjoyed doing it. Now, you guys, we are going to go to a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're talking about fights on the field, the lime green uniforms. If you guys know me, you know how I felt about those lime green scene hockey uniforms. We're talking about PPP loans, and we're even talking about fluid out culture. Yes, honey, I asked him about that too. Okay, stay locked.
3: I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately passion. Every expectation, every action, after creation. I'm laughing in the basic country
4: and sorrow. So I'm thinking past tomorrow.
1: Take a shot,
3: take a take a shot, take a shot, take take a shot, going
0: take a shot every once in a while there's like a scuffle on the field yeah. and then the whole world loses their freaking mind. <laughs> and to me, I feel like when there's these scuffles on the field, you guys have so much like, adrenaline going to mm-hmm. where it's like, anything can possibly piss you off that yeah. wouldn't necessarily piss you off outside of the field. Yeah. What, what do you usually think about when um, anchors are talking about the fights and they're like, oh, they could have did this. Oh, they shouldn't have done that. This person's losing their coal again. Yeah. But in reality, it's like you weren't there and you don't have all this adrenaline pumping. Right.
1: I mean, when, when you're in the game, it's a lot of testosterone. A lot of guys just trying to achieve a Super Bowl. It's a lot of stuff going on. And so when you are in those moments, it happens. I've got thrown out of a football game before. I've gotten kicked out of a football game because this guy was holding me, and I and I threw his face in the dirt, and I like pushed, I like mushed his face. I was so mad. And um, but the good ones take those angry moments and they process it into peace. Yeah. They process it into okay. I'm going to take this and be really good and just you know just not let my anger overcome me. And so it has gotten the best of me. Mm. It, it has, <laughs> I, I, I can admit that. But the good ones just take those moments and like okay, I, I got to be here for my team. I can't get thrown out of the game.
0: Yeah. Speaking of games, I'm going to ask a question. How did you feel when they gave you all those lime green outfits?
1: Fire. <laughs> what you think? I
0: ain't going to I wasn't a like. The I, no. I, I, they grew on me. <laughs> <laughs> Over time, they grew on me. But when I first seen it, I was like, you got these six foot plus <laughs> men, 200 plus and lime green. Some tight,
1: <laughs> tight pants. I get it. I get it. But I like them. What really looks good is the lime green blue pants, though. The, the lime green jerseys with uh-huh. blue pants. Those are fire.
0: See, I don't mind those, but it's the, it's the lime green from head to toe.
1: That's like onesie. I get it. I turned on the TV. I was
0: like, you got these jolly green giants running around on my damn screen. You
1: know, I actually think they're going to stop that because the new is going to be the lime green blue pants. That's going to be the new way to go. I and like that, that does look way better.
0: I like that. Okay. That
1: looks way better.
0: No question. This recently hit the news. Biden is now extending the time that they can send people to jail for those PPP loan frauds. Do you okay. feel bad for people about that?
1: You know what? When when COVID hit, it was we, we all went through a lot. Everyone was going through a lot. A lot of people lost say job, a lot of people lost a lot of money. And I know people that that, that got those loans, whether it was legal or illegally. And so, um, just just let, let it go. Yeah. No, I'm buying. It. Just let it go, man. Just you're the one that put it out there. <laughs> you should have regulated it when you had it out there.
0: Period. Don't
1: be trying to come back. Backtrack. It's more bigger fish to fry. Let's let's get these student loans covered. Let's how, how about we focus on that versus these people that uh, took advantage of the system because you had it out there. They found a way. Yeah. You should have regulated it. And COVID was a hard time for a lot of people.
0: Also, I almost feel like it was, <laughs> I kind of feel like it was a setup. And I'm going to tell you why. The people that actually needed it couldn't get it. Yeah. But then the people that didn't need it, they were creating fake LLCs, yeah. using fake addresses. Mm-hmm. And now you're over here riding around in Lambo trucks. like you
1: got easy access to it.
0: How, like, How is it that you're able to lie and get it, but the people that really needed it, they have no businesses?
1: I don't want to get too much into politics, but everyone said vote for Joe Biden.
0: You know, I don't want to get into it either. They was
1: like, for Joe, get Joe out off office. I'm sitting there looking like, because I voted for him. Joe, what's up, man?
0: I didn't vote for either, honestly.
1: No? I voted for Joe.
0: I wasn't happy with either of the choices. But yeah, yeah we're not going to get too political.
1: Nah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking like, come on, man. You got two more years Like, You got to get <laughs> up or you'll be somebody else in office next year.
0: we of going to tighten up. You have one or two daughters. One. You have a daughter. Oh. There's this new culture called flued out culture.
1: Okay, I haven't heard of it.
0: So basically what happens is a girl might meet a guy on Instagram or TikTok or something, I don't know. And he flies her out, buys her a ticket, gets her a hotel room, maybe makes her stay with him. And there's now these videos going viral of girls that got flued out Mm -hmm. and they're getting sent back to the airport because they won't flip out. Oh,
1: Oh, my God.
0: It's a pig. Okay, 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 okay. So, um, what would you say to your daughter if she was to call you and be like, see, what happened was I got flew out, and now this man is cooking me out?
1: I'm like, sweetheart, first of all, what? why are you flying out? First i I'll meet a stranger if he's paying for it, and then you damn right. You should leave if, if you don't put out. You should leave. But first of all, you shouldn't even be going out there in the first place. You got your own money. Should have your own spot. We're not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. And um, uh, just to get off topic real quick. Uh, I was talking to my daughter. She's uh, about to be fourteen. And um, I said you better not ever live with a man. Don't don't ever move in with a man. If your your name isn't on this lease, mm. uh uh-uh, uh, that, that's not fine. Cause dudes, they just they got a mind of their own. Get, to, you, get your ass out of my house. Own spot name on the list, and we're not, we're not doing that, shacking up, moving in, what to do. We're not, we're not doing that.
0: I definitely live by myself right about now for that exact reason.
1: Yeah, we, yeah we, we, we're, not, we're not doing it. We're not playing those games.
0: I love that. Like, I just sometimes wonder, like, when it comes to those cultures of, oh, I'm a girl and I'm going to sit up here and try to get fluted out because, you know, you have like the artists, like the city girls that make it... Mm-hmm seem cool to get flown out, but sometimes people don't tell the full truths of what really yeah. happens when these things happen. Like happen. like one of the guys that threw a girl out was like, I spent like five racks on her and she don't want to put out. Mm-hmm. So you need to get out. Yeah.
1: And, and from a man's perspective, that's, that's what they're expecting. They're expecting, I'll come do this, I'll do this for you. We got to seal the deal. So that's what a man's thinking. If a woman is going there, not expecting that, then she's being essentially naive. And yeah. so that's what guys are thinking. That's how we're wired. If I'm gonna do this, fly you out, spend this, and um it, it gotta go down at the end of the night.
0: No, period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, and it's not, you thinking. just gotta like say something, you know what I mean? Be
1: transparent up front.
0: I've literally had a guy like want me to come down to Atlanta and I was like, Okay, I can come, but you know nothing's happening. Like,
1: <laughs> like just say that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like
0: don't get there and then be shocked when they kick you out, like let it yeah. be known, like we're not doing none of that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and then also, I just think that some people need dads in their lives, you know what yeah, I mean? And,
1: and like, whatever happened to women's being, like, women being a prize, like, we gotta hold our women to a higher regard. Yeah. And women, first of all, gotta hold themselves to a higher regard, but as men, like, these are, these are the mother of our children. Yeah. These women are special. They're sacred. They they give life to the world. And so we can't just be treating them like this. Women can be treating themselves like at the same time.
0: No, period. Like, we all have to, like, literally show a certain form of respect because I think, just flying out to see some random stranger and that like, you can't even have that kind come of on, conversation with. On. You should have never gone in the first come place on. if you couldn't be honest and be like, I'm not ready to do that, yeah. but I want to hang out or fly yourself out, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That way you have like, okay, I'm gonna buy my own flight. I'm gonna buy my own mm-hmm. hotel. I have some meetings down here, we can link up. Mm-hmm. But if you just put everything in one person's hands, yeah. I really can't feel too bad for you at that point. I know,
1: I know. And just, um, it's unfortunate to see, and I blame this social media here. I blame Instagram, I blame TikTok, I blame all of it. Because yeah. it, 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 it you know gives you the perception of this false reality this false reality that is out here. Oh my gotta understand this stuff is not
0: real. All right, you guys, that is it for part one of my interview with KJ, Wright. We have a whole nother part coming up for you guys tomorrow. Now in part two of my interview with KJ, Wright, We're talking about charity work, Brittany Griner. You know, I had to ask him about Brittany Griner trial. Um, if playing football was all he thought it would be, we're also talking about the future of the Seahawks with all of the new players. Like, let's be honest. A lot of us don't really know anybody on the field, let alone have a connection to them. Uh, um, what's next for KJ. If he could do it over, would he? And of course, you know, I had to ask what is his one misconception? Okay, make sure you tap in tomorrow. You already know I'm also going to have some new topics and somebody actually asked me to talk about different places that you can go out here that have good music like different clubs and things like that. So I'm going to see what I can find for you guys there. But in the meantime, between time, make sure that you stay locked for more episodes of Rewind with Basa. Of course, keep up with me on social media at Basa Gordon and you already know until I come back tomorrow,